0: Our reading today is from Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the Spirit, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Sharon. Good morning, everyone. It is good to be together today and permit me just, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but thank God for air conditioning. (laughs) All right? Stay cool out there. If you're outside, stay hydrated. Take care of yourself. Pay attention. Don't worry. I'll take care of myself later on today. I'm going to be out there in the heat. I've got my racing tie on. (laughs) Today, as we continue our sermon series on CLC under construction, I want you to see this time-lapse video Perhaps you've seen it online in your sermon notes. There's a link there where you can take a look at it because I'm not sure you're going to get a chance to see all of it uh, here today, but it's of our construction site there in Fishers. And uh, uh, and I share that with you because as we get into our text uh, from Ephesians, I'm reminded of those before and those after pictures that oftentimes you see when people uh, strive to build or to renovate or to remodel. I know that when we built our home Uh, We we took pictures before the site was ever excavated, and then as they progressed, and and even each year we continue to take an annual picture just to show the progression of what our property looks like uh, from the day that we first began to build Uh, Perhaps you've done something like this yourself. Maybe you've seen some of those historic photographs, you know, pictures taken way back in 1860 of certain places of historical uh, value or interest and and now seen up-to-date photos and and how the area has changed as a result. Well, I I share that with you because this is what comes to mind for me today as we dig further into Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Uh, Because in the first half of chapter 2, The Apostle Paul, in essence, provides you and me, first of all, with a before picture of ourselves. In other words, of what our lives were like before we knew Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And then he provides us with an after picture, what our lives look like since our having come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And so as we begin to dig into our text for today, The Apostle Paul puts before us our before picture. In other words, what our lives look like before Jesus. And the first thing that Paul wants you and I to see is what we are by nature. In other words, we were dead in sin. The Apostle Paul writes in the opening verses of chapter 2, As for you, you were dead by nature, objects of wrath. Now, many of you are familiar with my story. Almost three years ago, I suffered sudden cardiac arrest while getting ready for Saturday evening worship service back there in the booth. Understand, I did not just have a heart attack. I did not simply pass out. I was not merely or momentarily unconscious. In an instant, my heart stopped beating. And when that happened, I stopped being alive. Stated bluntly, I was dead. In fact, my doctors tell me that I was dead before I even hit the floor. That is what sudden cardiac arrest is. And there is nothing that we can say to soften or to explain it away because dead is dead. So, help me out here. In that moment, as I lay back there on the floor in that booth, what was there that I could do to revive myself and to bring myself back to life again? What what could I do to save myself? Help me out. Nothing. In fact, if we were to add one further word, it would be absolutely nothing. Why? Why? Go ahead, you can be blatantly honest with me, because Pastor Dan, you were dead. dead. And dead is dead. Were it not for the prompt and appropriate response of others who are part of the ministry of our congregation, who rushed to my side, who, who gave me aid in that moment, that is when, that is where, that is how the story of my life Would have ended. Now, after I was released from the heart hospital, my doctors revoked my driving privileges. And if you know anything about me in cars, I was not happy about this. I understood, I mean, at that point in time, my doctors did not know yet what it was that had caused my sudden cardiac arrest, and the last thing they wanted to see me do is to get behind the wheel of an automobile. Well, I didn't care to be in that position. And when Sue starts scheduling babysitters for me who will cart me around to wherever I need to go, I determined that on my next doctor's visit, I wanted my driving privileges reinstated. And so I'm in the doctor's, he's checking me out, and, and I'm talking and I'm trying to argue my argument why I should be given my driving privileges. Now ordinarily, my doctor is one of the calmest, coolest Easygoing guys that I have ever met. But as I persisted, I all of a sudden saw a different side to my doctor. He's sitting on his little doctor's stool, you know, the kind with the wheels. And next thing I know, he comes wheeling over to me <laughs> and he gets into my face and he says, Dan, what part of dead don't you understand? Whoa. My friends, That is what the Apostle Paul is doing to you and to me in the opening verses of our text. This is our before picture. Just like my doctor did to me, the Apostle Paul gets into your face, he gets into my face, and he says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And just in case this may pass by us lightly or we treat it as something inconsequential or trivial, let me ask What part of dead here do you not understand? Because while we were dead in our transgressions and sins, what could we do to save ourselves? Make it two words. No, uh, make it two words. I appreciate the choir in the background there. <laughs> and why? Let's be blatantly honest with ourselves because by nature we are dead. and dead, dead is dead. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can say. There's nothing that we can, can think to turn the reality of that circumstance around. Just like me, lying on the floor back there in that booth, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. And that's not the worst of it. Given our natural sinful condition, consider the final outcome of our lives. Again, Paul gets in our faces when he says, we were by nature objects of wrath. In other words, according to our own natural sinful self, you and I, not only can we do nothing to save ourselves, but we deserve nothing from God except His everlasting wrath and His eternal condemnation. That is what we deserve. End of story. That is our before picture. But... By God's grace. That is not where the story of our life needs to end. Because there is yet another picture that the Apostle Paul wants you and I to see about ourselves. It is not our before picture, but now it is our after picture. In this picture, the Apostle Paul shows you and me what we are by God's grace, namely that we are alive in Christ. I want you to use the eyes of your heart and take in this wonderful picture that Paul puts before us. He says, but because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And... God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. Think about it. Paul lays it out for us in his letter to the Romans. Even when we were still powerless, even while we were still sinners, even when we were God's enemies, yet because of God's great love for you and for me, God Himself rushed to our side, He rushed to our aid, and through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, saved you and me from death and everlasting condemnation. Just like those who rushed to my side and performed CPR and brought an AED to bear to restore my life, God did for you and me what we could not even begin to do for ourselves. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Now, lest we dare take this astounding truth for granted, permit me to ask another question. What part of being alive do we not grasp or appreciate? Ordinarily, when Susan and I rest at night, we We kind of like our space. We like our territory. We have a way of sprawling and to accommodate uh, that, uh, needing that space. We have a king-size bed, and sometimes a king-size bed isn't even enough for the two of us as we stretch out and and push. And I find myself sometimes just hugging the corner of the bed, feeling like I'm going to fall off the edge, and she does the same sometimes. But following my release from the heart hospital, In that immediate week following, when we went to bed each night, we clung to each other, and I mean we clung to each other throughout the night as if there was going to be no letting go. No one had to remind us just how precious life truly is. No one had to get into our faces and remind us to count every day as a new blessing from Almighty God. Ever since, there is no taking for granted the moments not only that she and I share together, but also what we enjoy with other family, with other friends, with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, a little more than a month ago at the Indianapolis 500, as the cars were making their parade lap, lap, getting ready to come around for the start, I started to cry uncontrollably. I mean, I'm bawling. It was kind of like, what is it, League of Their Own, you know, that baseball movie. Sue, Sue looks at me and she says, Are you crying? <laughs> and I said, Yeah. She says, Why? I said, Because it's the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500, and I'm here with you and with our friends just to be able to celebrate whatever the moment might be, the life that is ours. Oh, the blessings of being alive. My friends, so also the same for you and me. Oh, the blessings of being alive in Christ. Every Easter, we as Christians, we we celebrate with Christians around the world with this common exchange. Uh, Join with me. Uh, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. But I want you to understand what what is also ours as a result of our life in Christ. Pay attention to what the Apostle Paul tells us. Paul says, God made us alive with Christ. God raised us up with Christ. God seated us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In other words... Not only on Easter do we celebrate the fact that Christ is risen, but we also celebrate what? That we are risen. Hallelujah. We are risen. risen Hallelujah. That is the wonderful life that is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. My friends, God forbid that you or I would ever take our life with Christ for granted. Like Mary Magdalene outside the garden tomb, clinging dearly to her risen Savior, may you and I forever cling to the life that is now ours in Jesus Christ, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. We do not deserve it. We cannot earn it, but yet it is ours as a result of God's mercy and grace. What an awesome picture this is of our life in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. But there's one more perspective that the Apostle Paul wants us to see in this picture. The Apostle Paul also shows what you and I are by design. Namely, we are purposeful in deeds. Is that me? All right what we are by design, namely by God's design. We are purposeful indeed. Paul writes, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That's when we were created, when Jesus recreated, when Christ died and rose from the dead, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, Ever since my... uh, heart incident. One of the oft-asked questions I now get asked from individuals is, Dan, what do you, you know, you got any perception here? Why do you, why do you think you experience this? Do you think God's got something in mind for you? You know, what it is, you know, what, what is your take on this in the aftermath? And I have to be honest and say, first of all, I don't know what's going on in God's mind. But what I do have a sense or an appreciation of is this. My guess is, is that there's still somebody on this earth who as yet does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And even now, God is already preparing in advance. God is setting the stage for that person's life and my life to intersect. And as a result of what God has done for me and allowing that individual through my good deeds to be able to see how Jesus Christ has made a difference in my life, that that could very well become the means, the door that opens up so that individual might also have the opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. To fully appreciate what I'm talking about here, I want to back up to verses 6 and 7 where Paul wrote earlier, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that, so here it comes, in order that, In the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Understand, I'm not the only one here who's dead and now alive. We all have that before and that after picture, which means God also intends to use you to take your before picture, to take your after picture, and with whatever individuals your lives intersect, for those individuals to see the difference that God has made in your life and to somehow use that to make a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of others. The Apostle Paul certainly understood this about his own life, about his own conversion, his own transformation, his, his before, his after picture. Remember what the apostle Paul was before his relationship in Christ. He was a persecutor and a murderer. And after his conversion, he became an apostle and a very powerful evangelist. Elsewhere, speaking of this, a speaking of himself, Paul writes, here is a trustworthy saying that, is, that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life. My friends, just like the Apostle Paul, in thought, in word, in deed. You and I have the opportunity each and every day to put on display the difference that God has made in your life and in my life in such a way that it can eternally impact the lives of others who as yet do not know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Jesus himself early in his ministry said, but I, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto himself. And that's why Jesus challenges us who are His followers to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father in heaven. In other words, let others see the difference that Jesus has made in your life so that they too might be drawn by God's grace to His mercy and His forgiveness. My dear friends, I challenge you today to not only ponder this picture today in this moment, but even in the coming days of this week, the difference, your before picture, your after picture, the difference that Jesus has made in your life. And then by God's grace, live out your life in such a way. Put your faith on display in the manner in which you will go go about living your life, how you think, what you say, what you do that others would begin to see more and more the life-giving, the life-saving, the life-changing, transformative power of God's mercy and grace to the end that they too would not only recognize their before picture, but also their after picture and continue on enjoying life ever after. God grant that for Jesus' sake. Amen? Amen.